0: The first reading is taken from the book of Psalms and can be found on page 545 in the Old Testament section of the Church Bible. Psalm 72 Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to a king's son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. May the mountains yield prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the needy, and crush the oppressor. May he live while the sun endures, and as long as the moon, throughout all generations. May he be like rain that falls on the mown grass, like showers that water the earth. In his days may righteousness flourish, and peace abound, until the moon is no more. May he have dominion from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. May his foes bow down before him, and his enemies lick the dust. May the kings of Tarshish and of the isles render him tribute. May the kings of Sheba and Seba bring gifts. May all kings fall down before him. All nations give him service. For he delivers the needy when they call, the poor and those who have no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy, and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. Long may he live, may gold of Sheba be given to him. May prayer prayer be made for him continually, and blessings invoked for him all day long. May there be abundance of grain in the land. May it wave on the tops of the mountains. May its fruit be like Lebanon. And may people blossom in the cities like the grass of the field. May his name endure forever. His fame continue as long as the sun. May all nations be blessed in him. May they pronounce him happy. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May his glory fill the whole earth. Amen and amen. The prayers of David, son of Jesse, are ended. Please stand for the Gospel reading. Alleluia, Alleluia, Christ was revealed in flesh, proclaimed among the nations and believed in throughout the world, Alleluia, hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew, glory to you, O Lord, Matthew chapter 2, in the time of King Herod, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea. And they knelt down and paid him homage. Then, opening their treasure chests, they offered him gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to return to Herod, they left for their own country by another road. This is the Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ.
1: We pray now out of the end of Psalm 72. So let's pray. Lord God, may your name endure forever. Your fame continue as long as the sun. May all nations be blessed through you and pronounce you happy. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone has done wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever and ever. May his glory fill the whole earth Amen and Amen. Do take a seat, everyone. So, today we celebrate our last of our moments in Christmas. The Christmas tree has gone, but the star over the manger scene remains. I rather like Epiphany maybe for not just holy reasons. I think it has some of the best pastries out there, some of the best food. Um, There's a wonderful French uh, patisserie, I don't know if you know it, the Galette de Roi. If you don't search it out or um, look it up on Google, if you like an almond-based pastry, uh, there aren't many better than that. It's quite a big cake, but it's, it's quite wonderful. And it has um, a, a little hidden uh, gift in it traditionally, a, a sort of a dried bean. Uh, so there is a hidden present for one person within it to, to add um, increased enjoyment in what is uh, an amazing cake. I always have to make it at home if ever I want it because of my unusual dietary needs, but it's well worth it. Haven't got round to it. This year, but maybe I will over the next week. Enough before I make myself hungry. Epiphany, in some ways, can feel a little enigmatic. It's a word we don't use very often. It's a word that somehow we sort of know what it means and sort of don't. It's a word that actually I feel I end up looking up each time. And if you look it up, it has two separate meanings. One is quite general and one is quite specific. The first meaning, I um, give a sort of a similar example. Do you remember when you were at school uh, and did they ever talk about Archimedes and his bath? Uh He had his little scientific problem that he was working out, and he was ruminating in it by getting into the bath, and all the water flows over. And what does he say? That famous Greek word, Eurekos, with which we say, Eureka, I've found it. And so, epiphany moments are a bit like that moment I've found it, I've worked it out, I've had an epiphany moment. Sometimes we use it like that. But then just underneath it, it will say what Stephen said at the beginning. The manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles as represented by the Magi, Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Quite specific, quite dense. And actually I found that I had to unpack it because If, in truth, I asked myself, what is Epiphany, I'd have probably said, the Magi, the gifts. And probably little beyond that, not probably the manifestation of Christ to the Gentiles as represented by the Magi. Interesting, as represented by the Magi. So much of this, I had to find, that even I had to unpack for myself. It has quite a few layers in it, much more than the basic definition that I sort of hold for myself. Firstly, I think I had actually overlooked that Gentile element because the passage starts with the encounter with King Herod and the Magi, and they ask this specific question, where is the child who is to be born king of the Jews? For we, observe, for we have observed his star at its rising and have come to pay his homage. The epiphany is that the baby king is born king of the Jews, yes, but actually that he has been spotted by non Jews, by Gentiles, by not even non uh, Jewish believers. These are likely people who believed in other gods but they have been watching out for the stars and sought to know their meaning. I was reading a a commentary in the week and it picked up this idea that he is born King of the Jews. And they said in Matthew's Gospel, that only features there and then right at the end of Matthew's Gospel, that moment when Jesus is on the cross And he is as accused as king of the Jews when that moment, when that is the thing that has hardened their hearts and led to his crucifixion. And so that got me thinking about the magi who have come to pay homage. They have softened their hearts. But many of the people in this Encounter. Many of the people in the encounter in the crucifixion hardened their hearts because of this truth. It polarized them. The Magi say they have come to pay homage. It's a wonderful word, again, something we don't use very often as a word, an act of earthly worship, a worship for a great moment. And they're not put off by humble surrounds. After all, they have seen a truth in the stars and this was enshrined in the things that were supposed to be immovable in the stars. Forty years before Jesus' birth, Julius Caesar died. And I don't know if you knew the soon after he died, there was another um, comet known as Caesar's Comet um, rose as well. And so people were looking up to the stars for signs that the immovable, the unchangeable would change with notable moments on earth. That comet was probably the brightest comet ever seen. And um, lasted for a good couple of months. The stars, for the most part, are stable. They don't change. They are predictable. And so therefore, moments out of the ordinary seemed worth investigating. And so they arrive in front of Herod, the de facto king, saying this, where is the child to be born, king of the Jews? He we see there is a fulfillment that a Jewish king would reign again on the throne of David. We see an unfolding of the scene in these contrasts. The first and probably most stark is between the de facto Roman king and the king who would become the real Jewish ruler. One puppet king put in by a ruler far away with the swagger of the king, but none of the authority truly to rule. And this is in contrast to the baby king who no, would no need for royal palaces, no need for crowns to show off his authority. The second contrast is between the reaction between Herod and the Magi of the birth, the news of the birth of the king. Herod is in shock. He is in fear. He is crafting a way to make this problem go away. The Magi, instead, people of no direct link to this occasion, want to come and pay homage acts of earthly worship, acts of generosity, there is this warmth, this desire to enjoy this moment in history that they have been privileged to work out. And the last contrast is between the Magi and the Jewish priests because they are both learned people and they both have partial insight into what has been going on. But for one set, it has hardened their hearts. And for the other, it has softened their hearts. They have gone in opposite directions. The Magi know that the child will be born king of the Jews. The stars have told them so. And the chief priests know the prophecies about the place of Bethlehem as the place of his birth. Because they know what the prophets have said the magi worship him. But there's no sign of the priests coming and paying homage. And later on in the gospel, it would be other chief priests who would come along, who would also harden their hearts to the true king of the Jews coming to reign in his kingdom. So the magi and the priests would have the same insight, but the opposite reaction. The Magi give him the three famous gifts that are the bit that I'm sure we would all be familiar with Gold for a king, but not that Jesus would need a earthly crown to show his authority. They are in no doubt of the meaning of the star. This is the true king of the Jews. Frankincense for a priest in the temple of God, that act of worship. And myrrh for his death, the ultimate truth of the king of the Jews. Do any of you know there's a famous tapestry by Burne Jones and Morris for the adoration of the Magi? The nearest one is in Manchester. There are about 10 of them um, around the world. I think there's one in the Louvre. Um, I had the privilege of sitting in front of it, fritting in front of one of them. Um, very often, um, for a couple of years, I sang in a, a choir in Oxford, um, and one of them is in one of the chapels, and I sat in the opposite side, almost opposite it. Um, and it's a wonderful pa- tapestry. They're all about sort of Nine, ten foot long, seven foot high, um, wonderfully done. Um, and it was this opportunity to regularly sit in front of this moment, this act of homage, that, that made this moment more real, more sort of settled in my mind. We all have this choice to harden our hearts or to choose this earthly act of homage. And it was in sitting in front of it that I think it sort of it settled in me that bit more. You're welcome to sort of look it up on your phones, but if you're able to do go and find the, these tapestries, um, they are some of them still um, to be on show. We all have this opportunity. And Epiphany, New Year, they're all great moments to remind ourselves. This coming season, this coming year, will we soften our hearts once more? Will we choose earthly acts of homage? These are conscious choices. The priests, Herod, and the Magi all had the same information between them. But they chose very different paths. It's never too late to start this conscious choice. And maybe we had this conscious choice before, but we feel like we're out of practice. This epiphany reminds us again to soften our hearts, choose earthly acts of adoration as the Magi did. This is our choice this epiphany season, to adore God for the giving of his son, that we would be able to know him. This is epiphany for us, the great revelation of God to the Gentile stargazers and to us. Let's pray together. Lord God, thank you that in the rising of the star, you remind us to come to you, to seek you out. You are the risen Jesus. Help us when our hearts are hardened to you. Give us soft and loving hearts that we might grow more like you each day. For we ask in the name of Jesus. Amen.